Hey, it's Jeremy, and I just want to take a quick minute to thank everybody who's checked this out at SotaSoccer.com, S-O-T-A Soccer.com, and who has supported us and contributed to our Patreon at Patreon.com slash SotaSoccer. We're trying to bring the Minnesota soccer community unmatched, unprecedented, dedicated, unique coverage of Minnesota soccer that you're not going to get anywhere else with written pieces, podcasts, and bonus content available to our Patreon subscribers over at patreon.com slash SodaSoccer. So if you haven't sampled our written content yet, make sure you check that out at SodaSoccer.com. And again, if you want to go that extra mile and directly support what we do, every content creator that's on the Soda Soccer team is paid for their work. So if you want to help support that and contribute to that, just go to patreon.com slash SodaSoccer. You can contribute for as low as $3 a month. Big thanks to everybody who is supporting not only the podcast here, but SodaSoccer.com as well. Now to the episode. What is up and welcome in. It's another edition of 10,000 Ninjas, a podcast everything Minnesota soccer and beyond. It is Friday, February 24th. It is episode 128. And of course, we are presented by SodaSoccer.com, your home for soccer coverage in the North. A lot of great content, both loons and non-loons related up on the site. So make sure you're checking us out, including yesterday morning, a uh, really cool feature dropped by our own Jacob Schneider on Hassani Dotson. Obviously, Dotson has been working his way back from an ACL tear for the better part of the last year. Um, and during Dotson's time off, he was actually kind of able to play kind of stay-at-home dad a little bit to his newborn daughter. Um, a kind of a very cool story, kind of interesting timing, kind of, you know, uh, kind of in a way, one of those kind of like everything happens for a reason type <laughs> things it's it's very cool it, not cool that he tore his acl obviously right. but this story is very cool and the fact that his time off gave him a chance to actually be there uh with uh and for his newborn daughter in a way that he might not have been if he was you know playing an active role on the team uh throughout last season so very cool feature um you know dotson called it a blessing in disguise that's actually the quote of the article so if you have not gone and checked that out it is a must read over at sodasoccer.com as well um, if you have not subscribed or left a rating and review on the podcast feed, please do. Um, let's you know when we drop a new episode. Also, those ratings and reviews are good for the algorithm stuff that you have to deal with online these days. So make sure you're helping us out by leaving us a rating and review if you haven't yet on Apple or Spotify. You can also follow us on Twitter at SodaSoc. That's the best way to you know check out what's going on with us and with Soda Soccer. All right, Dom, I'm going to bring you in here. Dominic <laughs> Jose Bazonia, my co-host. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Yeah, it's been a it's been a good week. There's been a lot of positive, fun uh, stuff going on with the the continued growth of of Soda Soccer, which has been really fun to to see. Um, and it's been fun to slowly sort of get into gear with the lower league uh, soccer coverage uh, between myself and and Carter Hoffer. There's a few articles from the last couple of weeks now on the site uh, about schedules, about new teams, and different things like that. So. Um, that's been that's been great to get going. I, th- I think uh, my my most recent of those will be that, that I have a sort of a profile piece on Superior City FC. Um, but yeah, no, uh, good uh, good vibes all around, and uh, looking forward to talking today. 
yeah, should be uh should be a lot of I mean there's a lot of content to talk about, especially as we're ramping up for the Loons home opener on Saturday. And speaking of yours truly taking a little flight to Dallas. I mean, uh, nothing's been delayed on my end as of yet. So as of now, I'm flying to Dallas Saturday morning, making the short drive to Frisco from there for the Minnesota United FC Dallas home opener on Saturday night. Um, should be a lot of fun. Very excited to actually be there on hand for the season opener. Um, and so if you kind of want to support that coverage and support our work, make sure you're checking us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash soda soccer. That's a great, easy way to contribute. And if you want kind of a more of a incentive to contribute over at patreon.com slash soda soccer, our very own Jacob Schneider has graciously decided to kind of give away some of his Minnesota United, uh, you know, old school NASL era collectibles. He has a couple scarves, a few kind of match day, uh, you know, um, programs that's what they're called uh match day programs and things like that um just very very cool you know minnesota united collectible kind of vintage collectible type things uh from the loons of yesteryear so if you want to go check that out and have a chance to win uh that stuff uh make sure you're checking us out patreon.com slash soda soccer you can contribute for as low as three dollars a month if you want the bonus content that comes with our patreon uh, just subscribe in those five or ten dollar tiers and you get our weekly bonus podcasts, bonus content, early access to content. Um, who knows? You might be a, a Patreon subscriber and you're listening to us early and ad free right now on Patreon. That's uh, another perk you get. So um, if you're not subscribed to the Patreon, though, make sure make sure you're checking that out and uh, consider doing so. Leaving us a few bucks. That goes a long way towards helping our coverage. Uh, Patreon.com slash soda soccer. Now, before we get into the headlines, one last note. Speaking of 10K stoppage time, this week we're changing things up a little bit on stoppage time. So <clears throat> usually it's me and DJ sort of riffing on a particular Minnesota United topic of conversation. Uh, this week's a little bit different, being that it is the opener in Dallas on Saturday. We, I am bringing in Drew Epperly from Big D Soccer, covers FC Dallas for Big D Soccer, former SB Nation website, now obviously doing their independent thing with a substack. So if you want to check it out, bigdsoccer.substack.com. Um, and Drew and I uh, will chat about all things FC Dallas and all things FC Dallas versus Minnesota United. So if you kind of want to know thy enemy, uh, get acquainted with the uh, 2023 version of FC Dallas that the Loons will be taking on on Saturday, uh, make sure you're checking out 10K Stoppage Time. Uh, myself and Drew Epperly uh, previewing the match there. Also, kind of an announcement to come on Stoppage Time about a new season-long partnership that we have uh, with a local business, too. So if you want that information, you want the scoop on that, make sure you're checking us out again. Patreon.com slash SodaSoccer, this week's episode of 10K Stoppage Time. Okay, now, Dom, let's jump into it. Let's jump into the headlines. Uh, Minnesota United, and uh, as has been the case for the last, I would say, six weeks at this point, probably, we start with more updates on uh, Amino Reynoso. And the updates weren't exactly like significant this week, but I think it did give us a better idea on, uh, you know, how things have been between the club and Ray from a communication standpoint. Uh, as Adrian Heath spoke to media about the situation earlier this week, I believe it was Tuesday's training session, and he confirmed that he hasn't spoken to Reynoso directly in weeks. Uh, and Rather, those conversations between the club and Reynoso have sort of gone through Ray's father and brother. Now, in regards to the situation, though, he said, quote, I hope common sense will prevail. And then when asked if he thinks Reynoso wants to be in Minnesota, Heath responded saying, quote, I know he does, end quote. Uh, to me, 
I, I, Adrian Heath has been very upfront and honest with media about this. So in no way, I don't want anybody to take this as I, I don't necessarily believe what Adrian Heath is saying or, or anything like that. But the first and third points we made about those conversations having to go through Ray's father and brother, but then, you know, Reynoso, you know, Heath kind of assuring us that he knows Reynoso wants to be here. Those seem a little opposite. Those seem a little counterintuitive. Uh, what say you, Dom? Uh, I definitely get your your point there. I think the the way that that could not be the case, or you could view them as being parallel, or whatever you want to say, it, is that perhaps this is a little this is this is obviously uh, going into conjecture a little bit, but just working with these quotes, that perhaps in Adrian Heath's opinion, at the very least, it is not Reynoso who doesn't want Reynoso to come back. It is the people around Reynoso that do not want him to come back. Mm. Um, and again, that's we don't have any reporting or anything no, on that. I'm just, that's I'm just, just thinking, to... how, how do these three quotes, yeah. you know, connect that from a conjecture point of view? That seems like a way that they could all kind of still uh, be in the same reality. Uh, that aside, yeah, it was interesting to... Uh, it was interesting to hear that Adrian Heath is not talking to the player. That is not... Um, I, I guess we assumed that that he or someone else at the club was, and uh, that that appears to not be the case in a, in a direct way, at the very least. Um, and, and so that's an interesting development. Um, it, it sort of emphasizes the separation that currently exists, I guess, in a way that I didn't quite expect. Um, yeah, I mean, I remain very unsure of what to think about the situation because it's. I mean, we. I think. I said this last week, but it feels like we get new information, but it's like not information. It's just new. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is again. Like, it's that, it's that slightly leaky faucet that yeah. just drips one drip every like three or four minutes and you're trying to go to sleep. And just when you're about to drift off, you hear blip. Right. Blip. <laughs> so yeah, I, I remain unsure what to think. I, I guess it's encouraging to know that Adrian Heath believes that Reynoso mm. wants to come back. Um, I mean, that's that's a lot better than if Adrian Heath had said he didn't want to come back. So I, I guess that's sort of the silver lining. Um, but remain very confused about these other details. It's talking to the family, not to him. Uh, common sense is a point of contention. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Who's not being sensible? Um, mm. So, yeah, I, I, I guess... We will have to wait and see still, and it seems somewhat um, it seems somewhat uh, sure now that he won't be back for you know the first game and that sort of thing. So uh, this is very much escalated to the the point we were worried about, where it's going to actually affect match day performances. But mm -hmm. you know we're, we're going to have to. Unfortunately, we and the rest of the Minnesota United sort of soccer community are going to have to wait and just mm -hmm. watch and see what happens. Um, so I guess that's where we're left. Yeah. I think with every new droplet of information that we get, it, it kind of seems to me, it seems more and more apparent that this, this is going to drag on into the regular season and probably into a significant portion of the regular season. Um, you know, with, with, again, the, the, the common sense and having to talk through his family instead of directly to Ray, um, that is not those are not signs of encouragement that 
suddenly Ray is going to jump on a plane tomorrow and come back to Minnesota. Right. Um, who knows if he can even jump on a plane tomorrow and come back to Minnesota considering the weather that we're having. And maybe that's what this comes down to. Who knows? Uh, that's a joke. Uh, but it's also kind of not, but, uh, in, in any case, yeah, I think, I think we kind of, with all these new bits of information that we get, I think it sort of makes, lets us know that we sort of need to continue, continue to embrace this reality that Minnesota will be without a man or Reno. So not just for match day one, not just for match day two, but probably for a good sizable chunk of the season at the very least. Um, so that's the latest we have on Reynoso as we head into match day one. Um, we did get a kit drop uh, last Friday. Um, Minnesota being one of the last teams to drop their kit were actually beaten to the punch by Major League Soccer, who unveiled a YouTube video. I, I have a I have a theory about this, so I'll get to my theory in a second. They dropped a YouTube video about a uh, half hour or an hour before Minnesota United were slated to announce their new kit. And of course, and the video included all of the new MLS kits. So, and that include Minnesota United. So it, it was a leak, but it wasn't a leak uh, because it was, it was done on the league on their own by the league on their own YouTube channel. Um, but in any case, it's the Northern lights kit. There's, there's a, this is like duality of man, like personified <laughs> on Twitter with the reactions to this kit you will yeah. see in in replies 50 percent of people saying they love it and 50 percent of people saying it's the worst thing they've ever seen in their lives um i don't think either of those things personally i i like it i do think there are some some aspects about it that maybe could be better or you know certain aspects of it that i don't like but all in all i want to say kudos to adidas for actually taking a swing this year on kit designs. Um, you know, I say this every time we bring up new kit designs, but man, it, it was only just a couple years ago where every team had the home whites, right? Yeah. So that's where we have, we've come a long way in the last few years. And I think it is obviously only going to get better, hopefully, as we move forward. I think Adidas in the league just signed a huge deal to continue that partnership for an extended period of time as well. So I don't think Adidas is going anywhere from a kit presenter standpoint. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I like the idea that Minnesota is going to be wearing a kit that is not just a general pattern or a general block of color. Like it's actually got some personality to it. And some personality that does coincide with Minnesota, obviously the Northern Lights. So um, I like it more than I don't. So are there certain aspects of it I don't like? Yes, but I like it a lot more than I don't. What do you think, Tom? I, I liked it quite a bit, actually. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there's been some like design notes that people have had about like the exact amount of 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 color of each color present and where the lines are where it starts to become white all that kind of stuff and i think some of those points have been have been fair i think there's i mean there's probably adjustments you can make with any kit to mm -hmm. make it slightly better um that being said i actually really like it yeah. um i i i know there were some people that weren't super into um they didn't like that that a significant portion of it was white but i actually liked that in the sense that it created this interesting like uh, i don't know if illusion is the right word but it created this sort of interesting imagery of like the it's almost like the kit was breaking out of a playing kit yeah <laughs> um, yeah i, I kind of like that too yeah so That's a good point. It, it, like no, i don't think they necessarily intended this but like there was something almost like it and satirical is usually not considered 
not used to describe something cool, but I thought there was like this cool, almost satirical aspect to it about like the white kit era of Adidas away kits that yeah. it was like contradicting that yeah. or something. Um, For sure. Uh, yeah, and and I mean, I don't know. I thought that the color pattern was was cool. I thought that that they did a kit um, uh, reflecting the Northern Lights without it looking anything particularly like any other team that's done that, like uh, Mr. Aurora. You know, it looked very unique and specific. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the most specific looking uh, MLS kits I've ever seen, and I think that's fun. I think that's something we don't get a lot of in in MLS, and or Minnesota United hasn't necessarily gotten a lot of in MLS. And so um, I I like that Minnesota's joining the party on that that side of things, and I I. I I think that by the time we're five, six, seven games in, it's been worn a couple of times. I think people will probably start to warm up to it. But um, I don't know. I, I liked it. Yeah. I again, I like it more than I don't. Here's my theory on the leak. I'll, we'll we'll finish <laughs> with that. So um, I think this comes down to an Eastern Time versus Central Time miscommunication between uh, the league and Minnesota United because Minnesota United was slated to announce their kit at five o'clock Central Time on Friday. Adidas MLS released their video at exactly five o'clock Eastern time on Friday. Therefore, I do I think there was a bit of a miscommunication on five o'clock Eastern versus five o'clock Central. Obviously, I'm, I'm sure a majority of MLS's marketing team and everybody are more in like New York or the East Coast as opposed to here in the Central time. So that is my theory as to why the leak occurred. But in any case, uh, I don't think it really matters in the long run. I think it's a great looking, I think it's a great looking kit. I'm interested to see how it looks on the field as well. Um, I, I do think the kit looked a lot better with the players wearing it in those photos than the guy in the hoodie wearing it in the initial video. Um, even though the guy with the hoodie wearing it, you know, exemplifies more like what it would look like when a fan wears it. I do think, um, I do think it's going to look really good on the field. Uh, this year and uh, really excited to see it. And I think it's the away kit. So we'll get our first look at it on Saturday. Right. So um, yeah. pretty excited for that. Okay. What is next on the loons docket uh, more sort of on the field notes, defensive pieces missing from training early this week, sound the alarms, press the panic button. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> Don't do that quite yet. Uh, Brent Coleman, Daniil Henry, Mikhail Marquez, Alan Benitez and Ryan Jiba were all out due to injury on Tuesday. Um, and DJ Taylor was officially categorized as questionable for Saturday as well with tendonitis. We talked about how the defense could be a strength for this team. Uh, today's Loons Daily Newsletters we're recording on Thursday. It was kind of our MNUFC 2023 predictions. A lot of the biggest strengths that our staff sees on this team is uh, in the defensive half, whether it's defensive midfield depth or uh, you know solidifying the back line with new pieces, new younger pieces like Miguel Tapias. Um, obviously DJ Taylor is a big part of why people are bullish on Minnesota United from a defensive standpoint. Doesn't, you know, it looks like kind of 50, 50 at this point on his status for Saturday. Uh, but I mean, Reynoso aside, again, it's all kind of ties back to Reynoso in terms of the impact, but, um, you know, this is not an ideal way to <laughs> enter your first match with a lot of questionable pieces along a back line. That's presumably going have to going to have to perform at a very high level this season if Minnesota are going to stay in that playoff conversation. Yeah, it, it's it is a little concerning to see so many um, uh, so many players uh, having these sorts of problems in one part of the field, sort of right before. The season starts um 
I, I, I guess the bright spot is, first of all, a lot of the, the key guys, the guys you would imagine would be starting are not on this list. DJ Taylor, perhaps aside. Um, so, so I, I suppose that's a silver lining, but yeah, it's a, it, it's a bit of a concern at the same time. These are sort of the bumps in the road. I think a lot of teams end up dealing with at the end of preseason, you're having that transition of intensity. And uh, I think sometimes that does just result in a, in a lot of players being in a, in a bit of a questionable spot for, for a couple yeah. of days. So hopefully that's what most of this comes down to. Um, apparently DJ, DJ Taylor situation is not quite that. So hopefully that is resolved. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's never good to have injured players. Uh, it's never good to have players uh, stuck on the other side of the world either. But uh, you know, I, 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 I'm slightly optimistic in the, in the fact that a lot of the guys that Minnesota United is going to want to be starting in the back half of the, of the field are, you know, not, dealing with these health issues as we're going to get to some of them are involved with paperwork issues, but, uh, yes. but um, yeah, I, I, I guess it's, it's sort of one of those things we're just gonna have to see how many of these physical issues actually um, result in a lack of availability um, on game day. Yeah. I, again, uh, the, this was on Tuesday match day is on Saturday. It doesn't seem like much of these injuries are very significant. Although in Coleman's case, I guess Coleman and Taylor's case, um, they're, they have been seemingly hampered for, uh, not an extended period, but at least for the better part of the last couple of weeks with these knocks and these, these minor injuries. So, uh, we shall see, uh, more absences early in the week as well with Luis Amaria, Kervin Ariaga and jo- Joseph Rosales, um, out of the country working on their green cards. Now, this is not, this is more of a good thing than it's a bad thing. Uh, expect all these guys to be in and be here uh, when when it's time to play on Saturday. But uh, and I guess not but but and uh, the reason the biggest reason why it's such a big it could be a big get if these guys or any of these guys can get their green cards is that if once they get their green cards then they don't take up an international roster spot anymore on these teams and. Anybody who knows anything about MLS knows those international international spots are, are like gold for these teams because a lot of, you know, especially bigger signings, uh, just a lot of signings in general for these clubs come internationally. You see international roster spots traded for literal players in trades uh, periodically as well. So it's, uh, you know, it'd be a big get if, if any or all of these three can uh can finalize their green cards they would be able to be on the roster without taking up an international roster spot which um obviously is is pretty significant especially when you're looking at you know potentially buying down a dp and amaria who knows what's going to happen with the dp spot if reynosa doesn't come back um you know you're looking at bringing in new new attacking talent anyways um and the way this kind of scouting department has operated you know they have they've literally said adrian heath has literally said that um you know moves moves that are going to be made uh you know should be expected to come from outside of mls outside of the u.s uh come internationally and so obviously the more international roster spots you can free up for that the better position you're going to be in to get these players right so um yeah just just that would be a big get if, if those can get over the line so that's more of a good thing than a bad thing and obviously miguel tapia is still waiting on some paperwork as well as of tuesday not sure what the status is on that as we're recording Thursday morning. But um, again, we talked last week, Kervin Ariaga got his paperwork finalized on the plane to the opener last year. So uh, it's just because it's not done Thursday, just because it's not done Friday, doesn't mean it's not going to get done. This is, you know, bureaucracy at, at its finest. So, uh, 
yeah. Anyways, that's kind of the latest updates. Anything from that that stands out in particular to you, Don? Oh, I mean, just just the note of like, yeah, this this kind of paperwork has has a tendency to take as long as it wants to. Mm -hmm. uh, and the good news is that when it comes to professional soccer, it usually tends to resolve itself right about when you need it to. So, mm -hmm. um, I, I, yeah, like you, I have a feeling that most of this will, will, will be resolved in time for when it really matters. Um, on your point about the international spots, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, frankly, these guys gain their green cards as part of the transfer strategy for the team <laughs> for the rest of the window. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see how successful that manages to be. If it, if, you know, it doesn't all work out, then obviously we're, we're, we've got what we've got. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's uh, there's some moves that are waiting to see whether or not some of those spots free up. So interesting to see the team kind of pursuing that. But uh, yeah, otherwise, just hopefully the paperwork all sorts itself out. And speaking of moves, according to Heath, moves are in the works. Um, Heath confirmed on Tuesday moves are, are being looked into and, and pursued to fill a couple of U22 spots. And also said, uh, he also said a signing for a new attacker is quote unquote close to over the line. So we'll see if anything happens in the coming days or in the coming weeks regarding new pieces to fill in for Minnesota. But obviously they're, especially without Reynoso, they need some attacking talent. They need some guys that can create chances and score goals. So hopefully they can at least bring one new piece in uh, who can help them out in that regard sooner rather than later. And that is it for Minnesota United news. Coming up next, we talk USL League 2 and USLW League schedules, uh, Med City, uh, TC, uh, TC Soul Futsal, uh, you know, Micah Burton at the U17 CONCACAF Championships. News on all of that. We discuss all of those topics coming up on the other side of the break here on 10K. Stick around. We will get back into the episode in just a quick minute, but uh, of course you've heard us talk about Pence Holmes numerous times, not only here on the 10,000 Pitches podcast, but also on the Saloons postgame show during the Minnesota United season as well. And the reason why we are so grateful for Pence Homes support is it's so rare to find a local business like Pence Homes who is so committed to helping support the local Minnesota soccer community. And that's what Nate Pence and his team have really shown, um, especially over these last few years. You know, they're sponsoring Minneapolis City Soccer Club. They're sponsoring Minnesota Aurora FC. Um, Nate Pence is huge into supporting Minnesota United as well, among other local soccer organizations and entities, Soda Soccer included, and 10,000 Pitches included. So, if you want to look at a business that's supporting the local soccer community but can also do a damn good job of helping you buy a new home, sell your current home, or do both at the same time, look no further than Nate Pence and the team at Pence Homes. P-E-N-T-Z Homes.com is the website. Go there right now. If you're in or around Minneapolis and St. Paul and you are kind of in that process of thinking about selling your home or buying a new home or doing both, which is super stressful, um, I highly recommend you go to PenceHomes.com and just check out their reviews. Don't take it from me. Take it from the... Hundreds and hundreds of people who have done business with Nate Pence and his team. It's probably thousands of people at this point, but the hundreds of reviews that they have over at PenceHomes.com from people who have actually worked with Nate and worked with the team and have had such a great experience. You can have that experience as well. P-E-N-T-Z-Homes.com. Or if I have sold you here, just email Nate directly. Nate, N-A-T-E, at PenceHomes.com. Huge thanks again to Pence Homes for supporting Soda Soccer and the 10,000 Pitches podcast. Let's get back into the show. 
All right, welcome back to 10K as lower league time. We kick things off with USL League 2 and USLW League as the schedules have been announced for the 2023 seasons for both. We will start with USL League 2. Um, obviously, these schedules were pretty anxiously awaited due to the fact that there are just so many more local teams involved in both of these leagues, uh, both here in Minnesota and obviously with our neighbors in Wisconsin as well. So a lot more excitement, a lot of people, a lot of people looking for dates to circle on their calendars for certain matchups. And we finally have that. Uh, so we're going to kick things off here with USL League Two. Um, Minneapolis City hosting St. Croix Legends on May 13th to kick things off in Minnesota. St. Croix will then host City on June 18th. Uh, Rochester will host Minneapolis City for their first ever matchup on May 27th. That return trip uh, at Minneapolis City will be June 10th. Rochester hosts St. Croix for the first time on June 16th with the reverse fixture on July 8th. And then all three clubs will do condensed trips to Canada for away games at Manitoba and Thunder Bay. Uh, both matches done in the same trip. Rochester going June 2nd through 4th. St. Croix, June 9th and 11th. And Minneapolis City, July 9th. Or excuse me, July 7th and 9th. And uh, all three Minnesota clubs are set to end the regular seasons on the road and out of state the weekend of July 15th. Lot to unpack here with the USL League 2 schedule and these, these matchups, but... Um, I just think when I'm looking at this list here, it just encapsulates how exciting it really is to have all these clubs, all these new matchups, uh, kind of a lot of what ifs being uh, taken care of in the, with these matchups as well. And um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's going to be an exciting summer with USL League too, but finally we get some dates we can circle on the calendar. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I do think there's a couple of little details to kind of build off of in terms of, well, how will that affect the season for, for all three of the Minnesotan teams? I think, you know, there's a question of uh, particularly with the contrast between Rochester and Minneapolis City. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see, will it sort of help to get the Canada Dames done early or later? One of them, is, you know, Rochester getting it done the first week of June, uh, whereas uh, Minneapolis City wait until the first or actually the second week of July. So a um, bit of a contrast there. It'll be interesting to see how, you know, the timing of that affects the momentum for their seasons. Uh, of course, you got some matchups between these three teams that are going to be really interesting to see. Uh, the, it's fun that the first week we get one of them right away, Minneapolis City hosting uh, St. Croix. Uh, but then it's going to be fun to see Rochester play, obviously, these two teams for the first time competitively, two times each, of course. Um, so just some some really fun in-state matchups to, to look at. Uh, and then, of course, speckled with trips to Wisconsin and hosting Wisconsin teams as well. So... Uh, yeah, I, I think it's a really, um, it looks like it's going to be a really fun season. I'm really looking forward to having all the lower league, leagues back, but certainly this one, especially with all the new faces. And uh, it's going to be fun to have an opportunity to pretend, you know, see Bavarians play here and all that sort of stuff, see these Canadian teams play here again as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's a fun schedule. I think it, it everything's kind of spread out in a nice way. I like that the Minnesota teams don't all kind of play each other all at once. Yeah. Um, they're, they're a bit spread out. There's games in, I guess, basically every month of the league uh, spread out. So, yeah, I, I'm excited to see how it all plays out. And uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how some of those details, like I said, like the Canadian trips, for example, how the different timings of those kind of help or don't help uh, the different teams. For sure. And uh, same thing on the W League side as we switch over to there. Rochester playing their first USLW League home game on May 21st as they host Bavarians. Uh, Rochester and Aurora, the first matchup between those two teams on May 24th. Uh, that will be Aurora's home opener at TCO Stadium as well. So a big matchup there 
Uh, Rochester then hosting Aurora for the reverse fixture on June 4th, and then both teams host their final regular season games of the season with Aurora hosting Chicago City on July 1st and Rochester hosting the Chicago Dutch Lions on July 2nd. Uh, very excited to have an intra-state matchup here with Rochester and Minnesota Aurora. Um, you know, the, the, that's going to be a, a must a must-attend atmosphere at TCO, and obviously with the reverse fixture happening in Rochester as well, sort of Aurora's first in-state rival that they can kind of uh, start a, a little bit of a of a derby with, if you will, and um, really cool that that's going to be Aurora's home opener on the 24th as well. It should be a, I mean, it's always a really cool atmosphere at TCO, but this little extra aspect added to it could be the thing that takes it to an even greater level. Yeah, for sure. I think it's going to be really fun. I, I think for for Rochester, it it's uh, potentially you know opportunity for some baptism by fire. But you know, mm-hmm. either what, whether or not that's what happens, it's a it's a really fun matchup and and great for that to be Aurora's home kickoff. Um, and and by the way, it's exciting. You know, Rochester opened the season or opened their home season with Bavarians, big Wisconsin team. So a lot of fun angles there. And I think by the way as a point of contrast to the, the USL league two schedules, the fact that both these teams are going to end their regular seasons at home is a, is a great yeah. asset, obviously Aurora with some probably more particular um, ambitions of, of going far, given that they were runner ups for, for the whole thing last year, but for yep. both teams, hopefully, you know, being competitive this season, it's great to, to end the season at home with a, a chance to maybe have a little extra oomph as you're fighting for points. Um, but yeah, again, very exciting, really fun to, to know we're going to have some of these more local matchups. I, I know, uh, Ro- I think it was Rochester, at, uh, collaborating with other people that were talking about it, posted some some potential names for all these different rivalries that are going to have to yeah. develop now. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's really exciting, really exciting to know that, that USL League 2 uh, and the W League, both of which had really fun first years last year, of course, in Minnesota. Um, are going to have a little more to them this year, a little more local dynamics, a little more rivalry, uh, just a little more detail, a little more nuance. Um, so really looking forward to seeing how how both leagues continue to sort of develop this season in, in Minnesota. Other lower league and community news and notes, Med City have announced at least 10 returning players from their 2022 conference winning team so far. That is huge for them on the NPSL slate. Uh, conference best 11 goalkeeper, Iker Gonzalez, uh, Midwest Regional 11 finishers, Andres Garcia, of course, and Matthew Roberts, all returning for the mayhem as well. Uh, Minneapolis City have signed new players in Hakeem Morgan, Victor Gallman, and Griffin Jury. I apologize if I'm uh, misspelling the last name there. Uh, Morgan and Gallman both play for St. Olaf. Jury plays for D1 Radford. And then uh, Morgan had previously been called up by the Costa Rica U20 national team as well. So that's a huge, um, huge get for Minneapolis City for their 2023 campaign. Uh, TC Winter Solstice was held on February 18th, was a success by all accounts, included participation from MNUFC goalkeeper Eric Dick as well. And then final note before we get to top four, Mounds Hughes, Micah Burton played a big, has played a big role. It's not over yet. Has played a big role for the USMNT U17s this month at the CONCACAF U17 Championships. Uh, they have advanced to the semifinals in that tournament and will take on Canada in a huge matchup this weekend. Um, and the club has also officially qualified for November's U17 World Cup as well, taking place in Peru. So big shouts to Micah Burton uh, for his contribution on the U17s, really making a name for himself as we uh, 
as we previously noted. And then obviously just, just more of these roster announcements and, and people filling out their squads or teams filling out their squads, excuse me. Um, you know, as we get closer to the season. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of great stuff here. Big, big shout out to uh, TC soul football, of course, great events. It seems like they were able to put together and great collaboration with Minnesota United. And it's great that a, a player was able to be there and be part of that. Um, for, for Minneapolis city, it seemed like some great additions. They uh, sort of, started their player announcements mostly with returners which teams tend to do and now we're kind of hearing some more of the newer faces and all three of these guys seem like really interesting pieces uh interesting college experience they're bringing in and for uh hakeem morgan some really interesting international experience uh for med city yeah i mean that that's that's huge to get 10 guys essentially a full um team a full squad of of returners um you know, including go from top to bottom, from goalkeeper to your top goal scorer last year. That's a huge get in the in the NPSL. One of the most dangerous things a team can do is, um, you know, not have returning players and go completely new. And sometimes that works. You know, we saw the Dakota Fusion did quite well with that last year. Duluth yep. FC's done well with it in the past, but uh, it can it can really hurt a team to not have that returning experience and returning team cohesion. Uh, Med City clearly intent on avoiding that and making the most of this group of players that are, you know, showed last year they can work really well with Neil Cassidy and put together a good season. So uh, going to be really interesting to see how how those guys come back and defend the uh, the, the North title personally. Um, and yeah, Michael Byrne obviously just really cool that that he's out there representing Minnesota and representing Austin uh, as well. Um, out there on a big stage and best of luck with, with the rest of the CONCACAF uh, championship that they have to play. Yeah, just one note on the on the continuity thing that you mentioned. It's so rare at this level to have uh, a significant amount of continuity in the team. And you see that being a huge advantage to these clubs who are able to get returning guys back. Um, that, you know, that, that ability to create that cohesiveness over multiple years, that can sort of counterbalance any you know, specific talent that another team is bringing in that might not have that, you know, uh, prior experience with the other players on the roster. That can be a huge benefit to clubs. And obviously, I mean, with Andres Garcia and others, Med City has the talent as well, but it seems like they also have the continuity. So, um, you know, as we sit here on February 23rd, I don't want to make too many like big declarations, but I think looking at looking at the roster and the way it's being built out right now, I think uh, they'd be my favorites to uh, to repeat. Uh, in the NPSL North, if you had to ask me right now. All right, top four time, Dom. Uh, we're going to get this one out of the way. I'm going to go first because okay. I do. we do need to talk about it a little bit. But uh, So there's a new playoff format for Major League <laughs> Soccer here in 2023. The top nine teams in each conference make the playoffs. There is a play-in scenario. Uh, in the first round, let me let me bring up the exact specifics here, so I don't I don't miss anything because this is this is overly complicated and, and complex. I feel like so I'm uh, I'm going to bring this up so I can say it word for word. So after decision day on October 21st, the playoff schedule will go as follows: wild card matches on October 25th and 26th. That seeds eight and nine in each conference that will be taking place in those matches. So one of each. Um, seeds one through seven automatically qualify for round one. And then the winner of the eight, nine play in wildcard matches will uh, advance as well. And then you kind of have a normal seeding scenario for round one. However, <laughs> this is the part that gets me. <laughs> the round one will not just be one match. 
It will not be a, a home and home. It will not be reverse fixtures. It will be a best of three series with no draws allowed. I well, let me go through the rest of this. So then, uh, then after you get from that, it's single elimination from there. Conference semifinals and finals on November twenty fifth and December through December third, and then MLS Cup presented by Audi December 9th. I don't hate ninety five percent of this. Sure. But the five percent I dislike, I strongly dislike with a fire of a thousand suns. <laughs> uh, the best of three in round one. Yeah. Why? I, I I don't I don't understand. This is not this is not I, and and not to I don't want to talk bad about you know a couple you know other sports like basketball who might do or baseball who might do you know best of three, best of five, best of sevens. This yeah. is not the same scenario where you can do these three matches in a five-day period and everybody's just all good and hunky-dory. Right. These teams have played upwards of 35 to 40 matches to this point, depending on other competitions and how far they advance. Right. Now you want them to play a best of three in the first round. I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. That part, just the rest of it's okay. I don't I don't mind expanding the playoff field. I don't mind adding the play in. I don't mind the rest of that. But the best of three is just doesn't make a single like like bit of sense. Not even like no. a gr- a grain of sense to me. No, it really doesn't. I don't know. You know what to be honest, you know what this feels like to me? This feels like something that you know, with all due respect, they've they've used MLS Nets Pro to experiment a lot with uh-huh. rules. This feels like something that someone put on the table for MLS Nets Pro, and someone in the meeting went, "Actually, <laughs> I think this is Honestly, such a good idea." That would kind of been cool for MLS. I, I wouldn't have minded as much for MLS Next Pro. You're playing less games. It's the yeah, it's the true. place to experiment. Get as weird as you want in Next Pro. But it is my it is goodness. Bizarre. It is bizarre. I, I because I've never even heard. Like, you know, say a uh, uh, American soccer fan who maybe feels that they would like to change some details about soccer. They don't like the the standard rules and they want to, I've never heard a person in that position even suggest the idea of doing a series like this. How does that come up in a meeting? How does that oh, even no. come up in a board? You know, what if we did a best of three in the first round and then not only for it to come up, but for other people, decision makers in the meeting to be like, you know, you might be onto something. <laughs> Like, I no, mean, I guess no. the, I guess the elephant in the room is that like potentially this might have partly been decided for the sake of just adding matches to the by calendar. Apple. Yeah, I'm sure there's a, a significant but, push by Apple to have more yeah. playoff type matches, which I get. But you're already That's getting that. Way of doing that. You're already getting that with the play-in. If you want to do more matches, you can do I guess the home and home. Uh, you know, up until the conference final or something, if you want it, I don't think that would be super terrible, No, but the best of three, just it, it, it is so far out of like a possibility in my mind that something that would happen in a soccer playoff structure that I was just like, it hit me like a Mack truck. And it just, I've, I've thought of, I've, I've thought about this. I've tried giving it the benefit of the doubt at the beginning. Like there's gotta be, like a way that like this makes sense apart from hey it's more matches more money like there's got to be but like man 
you're talking between U.S. Open Cup, Leagues Cup, um, you know, regular season and playoffs. You're talking if some of these teams have been uh, CCL for some of the CCL yeah. teams, you're talking upwards of 50 matches for these clubs. Five zero. That is not sustainable. No. And it's not yeah. like they're all of a sudden expanding rosters and saying, hey, you know, hey. we're gonna we're gonna open up you know five more roster spots for you guys to bring in somebody new so we can so you can rotate properly to make this work. Uh-uh. At least not yet. That is not on the table, as far as I know. No. So you're talking people running with the roster, the teams running with the rosters they got with the injury issues that already come with playing 34 ma- a 34 match season that already come with adding us open cup that will already come with adding a completely new competition in leagues cup to this that will already come with, you know, the, the CCL teams. And now you're adding one, two, three, four, potentially four more matches onto the table for the playoffs for this. Yeah. Yikes. Rough. Well, and you know like, what? Did they not talk to the clubs? Like, was there no conversation like, Hey, we're thinking of proposing this. What do you think? Owners, uh, GMs, coaches, players. Like, and then the feedback they got were they just like, you know what? We don't care. Actually, we're going to do it. We're going to do anyways. Like, I don't, I, that part of it is like d- not even taking that into consideration at all. The actual yeah. soccer playing into consideration at all in this is just baffling. It's baffling. It's, it's bizarre. And to be perfectly frank, I think given the system, that MLS uses. I'm not even sure that they have to tell the teams that they're thinking about doing this. No, so. I'm sure they don't, but they um, should, they should at least bring yeah. the players association in or somebody and be like, Hey, what do you think of this? Like, how is there? Oh, you know, the, I could, we could go on for hours talking yeah. about this, but I'll, I'll finish this with this bright note. The bright note of or bright spot of this is this might finally set up a situation where the supporter shield winner no longer loses the, their first game every time, because by the time somebody plays the supporter shields winners on their bye, <laughs> they will have played a hundred playoff games. And they will be dead. So, so whoever yep. wins the supporter shield might actually do well in the playoffs this year. Oh man. They'll but, be the only know. rested team. They'll be the only team with like more than 50% of their legs, initial the roster available. Yeah. But um, anyway, <laughs> Um, okay, Dom, your first top four. Let's yes. let's send this guy. My my first top four is uh, slightly MLS related. It's just a uh, a shout out to uh, Northland Soccer Journal, which is yes. the new name, the new site for the uh, the folks that were behind E Pluribus Lunum uh, up until recently. I imagine listeners understand already what happened there, and uh, they're they've moved over to their own website. Uh, North End Soccer Journal. They're on Twitter as well, and um, I think they're on other social media as well. Uh, some got some nice branding. There's got a couple articles up at this point. I think they have a Patreon set up. So, um, yeah, just go, you know, go check them out. I think it seems like they were able to keep their Twitter account. Yes. Uh, so, yes. so that's great. They have like so, the, you know they have like almost four thousand followers, yeah. which is very very. If you well are already following the they doing. Doing them, yeah, they're, they're somewhere in your mix. Yep. Make sure you 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 know what to look for now. Um, but just a shout out to them. It's great that they've been able to secure a new home for, for their work and, and everything looks great. And uh, yep. so just wishing them the best of luck. And if you are interested in more places to find Minnesota United and other Minnesota content, there, there's, there's another option for you now. Yep. Um, so yeah, just a, just a shout out to them. Yeah. Huge shout out. And uh, you know what Ashley and Bridget 
and Allen are, you know, taking on there. It's no small feat to sort of take something that was that was subsidized and ran by a corporate entity. They didn't have to worry about much of the like technical logistics about to take that and move it completely independent and have to worry about all that stuff. What are we going to use for, you know, putting this together? You know, how are we going to, you know, try to try to monetize this to a point where it's going to be worth, you know, our time and effort and try to get people to support what we're doing. Obviously, we know a lot about that here at Soda Soccer. Um, I've had some people ask me kind of like, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. What do you think of Northland Soccer Journal? Like, I think it's great. I think the more coverage that you can put and the more of a spotlight you can put, not only on Minnesota United, but Minnesota soccer as a whole, the better. Like the, I think more, more coverage is always better. A high tide lifts all boats. I think that's, that's how it's said. But anyways, um, and I think, I think, you know, Ashley and Bridget have shown the quality of work that they can put together and Alan as well during their time with the Pluribus Luna. And I'm really excited to see what they can do with Northland Soccer Journal. Um, so I encourage you guys to go check them out. I think it's just northlandsoccerjournal.com is the domain. Um, you can check them out on Twitter. Again, if you follow the Pluribus Lunum, you're following Northland Soccer Journal. Uh, just, just look them up and check them out. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully they can, uh, you know, uh, provide us some, some really good content over the season um, and really excited to see what they do over there. So yeah, I echo, echo all those sentiments down. Uh, my second thing, MLS related, but also local Minnesota related, Eric Miller, Woodbury's own. Uh, he was a free agent up until, you know, a couple days ago. And uh, I believe on Wednesday, Tom Bogert uh, reported that uh, Eric Miller has signed with Portland Timbers. Um, he, you know, he played a, actually played a pretty big role for Nashville SC uh, over the last couple of years uh, in what was a club that, you know, aside from Hani Mukhtar really relied on defensive quality to, you know, make playoff runs and, and keep themselves in playoff contention. And, and even, even last year sort of taking that next step into being a surefire playoff team, uh, a legitimate contender. Uh, they were in, they were in, were they in the, they were in the West last year, right? Tom, I always forget because Nashville, Nashville yes. is like, but they're back in the East this year. Yes. Uh, I always forget where Nashville is every single season. I'm probably gonna have to ask that question every year at this point, but um, yeah, for, yeah, to make them, <laughs> <laughs> to make them a, uh, a, a contender, you know, their, their back line and their defensive quality was really a big part of that. And Eric Miller was a big part of that as well. Started and played a vast majority of the games for them during his time. Uh, in Nashville. So um, obviously a really good veteran presence uh, that can be brought in for, for Portland and a team that's looking to sort of get back into the swing of things uh, in the West and re kind of re-solidify themselves as a power in the Western conference. And it's also just, just from his vantage point, really good to see him get somewhere to play for 2023 as well. And I think he's, you know, capable and I definitely think he will make the most of that opportunity. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's always cool. You know, obviously we talked a lot about like, um, younger guys that are, you know, breaking into the pro level or trying to break into the pro level. And so it's always cool to see a guy that's been there and done that from, from Minnesota, of course, um, you know, alongside the Coleman's and the less, you know, part, part of this really cool generation of, of Minnesota players. So um, great to see him continuing that work. Uh, you know, Portland, I know have, have a lot of youth and a lot of veterans kind of in their back line right now. They got a, kind of a wide range. So he, he fits into that mix well, I think, and uh, hopefully he can get some play time and otherwise be involved in, in the, in the mix and the planning and the training. So uh, yeah, really cool. Re was really cool to see him sort of um, step things up in Nashville and, and keep himself very relevant in the MLS discussion. Um, and, and hopefully he can do the same in Portland. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, Dom, wrap, wrap us up here. Yeah, my, my last one's a, a quick sort of USL bit of news that, that caught my eye, which was just that um, Orange County uh, from the USL Championship uh, have announced a partnership with um, sort of Dutch uh, superpower uh, Feyenoord, I believe is how you say this team name. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, very well-known Dutch team, play in, in European competition frequently, have won a lot of trophies in, in the Netherlands as well. A lot of great players come from from Feyenoord as well. So, uh, Orange County have announced a basically a partnership with them uh, to to share you know analytics, to share data, to share developmental information, to share talent and youth development, all that sort of stuff. So, um, really cool, kind of the latest USL team to sort of create this sort of relationship with a, a European team. There's been several others, uh, Orange County now the the latest to do that. So. Just that that was really cool. And this is, by the way, the same Orange County that has been having issues with um, retaining its home ground So mm-hmm. uh, to to the LA Galaxy. So um, cool to see a club that, even though it had a lot of drama to deal with in 2022, is actually managing to create friendships with global brands in, in the game. Yeah. It's a pretty interesting dynamic. So, uh, yeah, just just a shout-out to them. Cool little, little story coming out of uh, Southern California there. And speaking of USL, I do want to kind of add uh, an additional note to this. Um, I will not be on the Talking Flock podcast with Rob Chapel this year. Um, I kind of got my hands full with everything going on here in Minnesota. But um, Rob is still uh, continuing the Talking Flock podcast, and he's going to kind of have a, a rotating uh, queue of co-hosts, if you will, uh, throughout the season. And he kind of brought all of them together for a little preseason roundtable that dropped on the podcast feed early Thursday morning. Uh, Flock President Kelly Ferguson, Featherstone Flamingos co-founder Kyle Carr, New Dog Mazine founders Grant Peters and Andrew Schmidt all joined for a little Forward Madison preseason roundtable. So if you're into Forward Madison, you're a fan of Forward Madison, or you just want to stay up to date with what's going on in Madison with the Mingos, make sure you're subscribing to Talkin' Flock. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we're going to put sort of a, a, a link to the Talkin' Flock podcast up every Thursday morning on our website as well for those who might want to check it out. So if you follow Soda Soccer on Twitter, you can do that. Follow Talk and Flock on Twitter at Talk and Flock. Again, if you are interested in Ford Madison, check out the Talk and Flock podcast. It's going to be really good here in 2023 as Ford Madison hopefully looks to take another step toward uh, you know getting back into the playoffs and getting themselves back as into contention as one of those uh, legitimate uh, contenders in USL League One. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode of 10,000 Pitches. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. Again, 10K stoppage time, a little FC Dallas, Minnesota United preview with Big D Soccer's Drew Epperly is over right now on patreon.com slash soda soccer. So if you want more content, you want a little preview of the matchup, check that out and support our work there on the Patreon. If not, no worries. We'll catch you next week for another episode of 10K. See you.